This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter. Visit enterpriseinspace.org. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. Risk is our business. It's like nothing we've dealt with before. Golly, Jim, I'm beginning to think I can cure a rainy day. I can't change the laws of physics. Welcome, everyone, to Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated podcast that covers the original and new cast of Captain Kirk and the Enterprise. I am Ken Tripp. And I am Zach Moore, and it's the holiday season where many a gift will be given and received, and I thought it would be a perfect time to discuss one of the biggest aspects of my Star Trek fandom, as a kid at least, toys. Okay, so as a child of the late 80s and 90s, I grew up in, you know, what was the golden era of Star Trek toys, really, from Playmates? And uh, I thank my Trekkie parents <laughs> for, for from allowing me to have such a large collection <laughs> of action figures and accessories uh, as a child. So they, they, they took care of only child here, right? So... Uh, I was taken care of nicely when it came to <laughs> to toys and things of that nature. So, and we were a Star Trek family, so it, it you know that Star Trek was my toys, right? But uh, you know, our wheelhouse here on Standard Orbit is of course the original series, so we'll be focusing on the toys of that particular brand of Star Trek, and uh, you know, which of course there were many before my time, you know, of the eighties and nineties, weren't there, Ken? Yeah, funny how you worded that. But yeah, before your time, there, there were. And, you know, unlike you, and, and let's let's break out the tissues, folks. Um, I was alone in my family and my Star Trek fandom. Uh, I didn't have parents that, that got it or cared much for it. My mom did as she got older. And God bless her. Um, she The last movie we saw together was... Um, was Into Darkness, so I know not a great movie, but kind of a nice memory for me, uh, you know, back uh, a few years ago. But I was a <clears throat> 70s, 80s, and, you know, I graduated high school in the early 80s. And in the and because I really came into Star Trek, Zach, in, in 1979, really with the motion picture, and then got hooked, uh, the first memory I have of any toys whatsoever was the Happy Meal from McDonald's, the... the the launch of the Happy Meal, the very launch of the Happy Meal, started with Star Trek The Motion Picture. And uh, you can find some pretty good clips of that commercial on YouTube even today. It's pretty funny to look back at it. So I didn't, I didn't have a ton of toys back then. I remember the commercials for them. And it's going to be fun talking through this with you. Yeah, that's crazy to think Star Trek The Motion Picture was the first Happy Meal. You know, people give it a bad rap for, oh, it's the motionless picture, it's the slow motion picture, you know? But this is... this is Just what, give like, me a name, Zach. Just give me one name who does that, and I will take care of them tomorrow. <laughs> I think my parents actually figured that way, but anyway, <laughs> I'll leave them out of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's crazy that this is the action-adventure franchise at the time, right? The McDonald's decided, oh yeah, the, the kids are going to love this one. It's like, what? No. 
<laughs> like, this, like we can appreciate the motion picture for what it is, but it's definitely not a kids' movie, is it, Ken? Well, no, but you know the way they advertised it was obviously kid friendly, and what it was was a Klingon speaking in Klingon, talking about the Happy Meal and why he loves <laughs> McDonald's, with uh, a narrator telling us what the Klingon is saying. It was, it was really cool. We, we, I, we will track I, that I down, it. and we will post it on the Babel Conference. That's awesome. Yeah, but, I, uh, I liked it a lot. So you know, so so from that era, my era, and so forth. Uh, that's where uh, Aaron Harvey's going, right? Uh, if, if you guys have listened to his show already, it would have come out on Saturday. Uh, that's where their focus is. It's kind of that era of Toys and Before. And, uh, and we're going into, you know, Zach. You know, you're such a puppy, Zach. God, you're <laughs> such a puppy. Uh, to talk about the, the, the toys that were in your era, so to speak. Yeah, so yeah, if you're interested in, in Mego toys and you know the the Spock helmet and all that funny stuff, I'm sure you've seen it around the internet. Spock helmet is probably my my favorite, most ridiculous Star Trek tie-in. There basically it was like a Star Trek space helmet, and it said like Spock on it, and you wear a helmet. It's like yeah, just like Spock does on Star Trek, right? <laughs> tie-ins are not tie-ins are not what they used to be, right? <laughs> he didn't have a red light on it, like uh, <laughs> like, like, like space cadet or something. Space that cadet was. Spock, right? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, for all that stuff, definitely check out uh, the most recent episode of Saturday Morning Trek. And our buddy Aaron Harvey has you covered in that category. So we're going to move forward, though, with uh, you know the 80s and 90s, my wheelhouse. And you know my, my first memories of Star Trek toys... And as I've said many times, I'm a, I'm a child of the next generation, so a lot of my toys were next generation toys. But you know, we're, we're not here to talk about the next generation. We're here to talk about the original series. I think there's... Yeah, isn't there another show that... Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, it's like... Um, Earl Black or Earl Brown or something like that. I'm not really sure. Uh, Duke of uh, Earl. I can't remember. <laughs> so we'll, we'll leave that for those guys. And, you know, hey, and, and perhaps, you know, we, we might have a, a conversation about that with them in the near future. Ken, who's to say? Right. Yeah, who's uh, to say? Yeah. This, this is not the Nexus. We don't exist at all points in time at the same time. So we can't, we can't answer those questions just yet. But uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, you know, so, so my first, as far as the original series goes, right? Uh, my first memories of original series toys were from the ERTL company, and I remember it was like my my third birthday. So I've, you know, because you start remembering things when you're around three. <laughs> At least that's that's been my experience in my own life. <laughs> Maybe you're a lot closer to three than I ever was. So anyway, <laughs> that's carry true. on. <laughs> many many years, many less years have passed from when I was three to when you were three again. Yeah, but uh, many, but yeah, I many, remember yes. uh, getting these uh, die cast starships. Right, and it was the Enterprise A, and it was the Bird of Prey, and it was from uh, like Star Trek Five, which had only just come out a couple years before. Uh, mm-hmm. And those are my first like original series toys, and I, I love playing with those toys. And the great thing about these diecast toys is they they're they're sturdy, right? You can yeah. be a kid throwing around ships and whatever, and and they hold up very well. You know, the paint gets worn and whatever, but those are the iconic ships of the movies. Because when I was a kid, like I watched the Star Trek movies all the time and those were the big ships of the movies the the refit enterprise or enterprise a and mm-hmm. the bird of prey and you know so so those those are you know the, the earliest original series toys that i had and you know and looking back you know in the, in the post uh motion picture boom right because there were all these toys for that film there was no toys or tie-ins for star trek 2 right there, there was no action figure line there was nothing but the same company here ertl they came out with these die-cast ships that I'm talking about. They also had an Excelsior. I never had the Excelsior. I just had the Enterprise and the Bird of Prey. But before Star Trek V, they had a Star Trek Three line. And they had four action figures. And it came with Captain Kirk, uh-huh. Mr. Spock, which is funny. Star Trek Three, 
Mr. Spock action figure, okay? Um, they could have then, had three of them or four of them, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> if only they knew what the collectability would be all these years later. Uh, yeah. Then they, of course, had uh, Krug. Not mm-hmm. Krug, just Krug. Ken, I think we got we finally got you straight on that. <laughs> I've, been, I've been straight for weeks now. So so who do, who do you think the fourth character was that they had? The fourth one? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. It has to be obscure by the way you're going. So let me think here. Um... Savick? No, it was Scotty. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Which is like, I don't understand. Like, uh, McCoy, maybe? Like, no, just Scotty. So, <laughs> such, a, such an odd choice of, of the four characters to have. Was I it, um, how should I put this delicately? So, Scotty for Star Trek III, um, you know, he wasn't quite in, um, ooh, military standards. Um, did they. Were they kind to him? You know, I mean, he 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 had he had. I remember reading a review for Star Trek Two, and it really made me angry because guy it was James Veneer, I believe, and um, he was not a Star Trek fan. In fact, you could tell that he only watched the first fifteen minutes of the movie and walked out. You could tell because his review had Savick as the permanent captain of the Enterprise. But his comment really? was, yeah, and one of the comments was, and it looks like Scotty swallowed an asteroid, right? I never forgot that. I was like, oh, come on, man. But um, well, as in, as inaccurate as these early action figures are, it is uh, it's very generous to James Doohan at that stage. Is it? Yeah, we'll good, that. good, good, good. Uh, but they're all in there. You know, it's it's interesting, and we'll get into it here as, as we get deeper into this conversation. Uh, Kirk, Spock, and Scotty are all in their monster maroon uniform, which is my favorite Star Trek uniform. It is the best uh, uniform. Yep, we are in alignment there, sir. Uh-huh. Uh, but it, it, it's interesting, and so it's just just. This particular line, I never had these toys, right? But it, you know, over the years, I've I've discovered that it existed. It's just so interesting to me that these are the three main characters you pick, and they're all wearing the monster maroon standard uniform, which of course Spock does not wear in this film. Right. Which Scotty, he has his his cool jacket alternate, right? That's cool. So yep. he doesn't really wear this version. And then Kirk, of course, is in his uh, you know maroon. I guess <laughs> they love maroon. I guess in the twenty third century, but you know he's got his his cool suit basically. So he yeah. doesn't really wear his duty uniform. I mean, they wear him at the very beginning of the movie, and that's it. But these are the uniforms the characters are in. And of course, you have Krug, and you know he's a Klingon. So, but it's just mm-hmm. it's interesting how we've come so far <laughs> as far as toy tie ins to movies. So, anyway, and they and as I was saying, they repackaged the uh, Enterprise refit and the Bird of Prey here for. Star Trek five a few years later. So, and, and nothing for Star Trek four. I know last week we talked uh, in depth about Star Trek four. Uh, no really toy tie-ins there. I know that there was like, I think cups at like seven 11 or something like that. There's always merchandise for all these films, but not necessarily toy lines. So, anyway. you know, what would be interesting now that you mentioned Star Trek four and all these years later, we have finding Nemo. We could have Dory at the bottom of the screen translating. <laughs> 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 I don't know why I went there. Question. <laughs> you do that well. Question for you, though. Uh, it, as far as the toys go, I do remember because um, I, I wasn't uh, particularly handy. I've gotten a little bit better as time has gone on. But I used to enjoy um, putting models together. And I did put together the uh, the refit Enterprise, electronic lights. Every, it was really, really nice. Mm-hmm. My brother got mad at me for something, slammed the door, and the thing fell off the shelf. And oof. Um, it looked a lot like uh, it did plummeting through the atmosphere in Star Trek Three. But <laughs> my, my God, Jim, what have I done? 
<laughs> oh, oh my god yeah yeah it, it wasn't I, oh i went after him hard yeah yeah he paid for that but anyway um I'm curious though too. On top of the toys that you were looking, did you, did you look at any of the models from that era as well? Or is yeah, that so the, so AMT, ERTL, they combined at some yep. point. Uh, you know, we had um, had many incomplete models. Like I know we we bought um, uh, what was it? I know the original series Enterprise. I still have that. Like I think we painted it all. Like the mm-hmm. TOS proper Enterprise, we painted it all white, and then we put it in some plastic bags, and I believe it's still in a grocery bag somewhere in a closet. I don't know why we didn't finish it, but permanently in space dock is that model. And then um, we had an Enterprise D, and then a, a Cavort class Cleon cruiser. You know the big, the big one from TNG. Uh, I thought those... That was just a bird of prey, filmed up close. Uh, no, that that's um, that's the yesterday's Enterprise birds of prey. But I'm talking yeah. about, you know, the Galron's flagship, you know. Oh, and that's a Cavort class? Yeah, I, I, I think so. A Cavort? Sure. So, you know, I don't speak Klingon, okay? Okay, I, I understand. <laughs> I, no, I, don't no have, I don't have my seven volumes of Klingon language that Uhura has at her disposal to to pull out and, and reference here, Kim. But, I know. But, it's uh, a shame. It's a shame. Galron's flagship from, like, Reunion and, and moving forward and, and TG. Gotcha. The, those mm-hmm. models I had. But I, I didn't treat them like models i treated them like toys because i was because sure. so, you were you know, a kid because i'm like a child and oh god forbid you open up the the toys and play with them so so yeah that that's pretty much the extent i had now if you if you want to get you know to that same line of thinking uh christmas ornaments all right my yeah. family collected these from the jump and i know my mom went on massive searches around the city to make sure we we got that we got every new star trek really? ornament. we we always had uh, well, obviously, the original, the 25th anniversary 1991 Star Trek uh, ornament was the first one that kicked off the whole Hallmark Christmas ornaments, right? And right. so we had the original series Enterprise hanging on the tree, and we always had one in a box, too, because those are those got very valuable. So my mom, that we joke about this, but my mom had the foresight to, like, you know, every now and then get get a second one of something, you know, to, to keep valuable, to put, me th- to put me through college one day. Well, I got through college, and we still have <laughs> we still have these in a box somewhere. So, so I'm gonna put my kids through college through them one day. I think that's the idea now. But, uh, but yeah, man. I think it'll keep going. That's yeah, fine, I guess. yeah, yeah. But those those did you ever have any of those Hallmark ornaments, Ken? No, I never did. I never. Oh, did but they're that. so cool. They're so cool. Like it's just you could definitely you walk in, and you look at our Christmas trees, like yeah, you guys are Star Trek fans because you had every year they released one, and we we got one for several years. Eventually. We we kind of just stopped because there was there was just so many you know back in the day they released one ship every year they had the Enterprise then they right. had uh, the the coolest one I think everyone can agree with this is the Galileo shuttlecraft and it had the sound clip it had a button at the bottom and you push it and it's Leonard Nimoy he says shuttlecraft to Enterprise shuttlecraft to Enterprise <laughs> Spock cool. here happy holidays live long and prosper right? it's burned into my brain because I used to <laughs> punch it all the time when I was a little kid That's so cool. Uh, and so yeah, and, and you know they had more and more ships as as the the, the show the show went on as as the years went on had a bird of prey but that kind of goes for both TNG and TOS and uh, et cetera et cetera so anyway the, I'm sure a lot of you guys over the years have had some Hallmark ornaments please let us know in the Bible conference which ones you have which ones are missing from your collection you know but those are those are so cool back in the day because there wasn't this was still you know this 20th anniversary so it wasn't this crazy you know, uh, toys marketing everywhere that we have today, right? I mean, you turn around, you, you see a new Star Trek ornament. Back then, it was special, right? And that just made it more more of a collector's item, right? Yeah, like I said, you know, I, I think the difficulty for me in that era was I was I was it. 
it was a little hard. My my brother and sister, uh, younger than me at the time, too, you know, thought I was a little odd. Was like what, what, you know, Star Trek, eh, you know, and my parents not at all. My dad no love for science fiction. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, the the trees were yeah candy canes and ornaments, but uh, nothing really commercial like that. I wish we had it. I still don't have it today. My my. My daughter's in my ki- my 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 boys for the most part. Well, two out of the three boys are really into it, but uh, you know they're all older and doing their thing now. So yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's one of those things that I haven't. I'm sure now with with Beth, I could probably uh, dive into that a little bit further and and find some cool ornaments, but we just haven't done it. So I got to get on the shtick here, buddy. There you go, man. The eBay, just a click away. Oh yeah, because I I already don't spend my money on foolish things now. So you know, let's just get some more. <laughs> Well, you know, get into like action figures proper, right? Like toys proper. So, so Playmates, right? Playmates got the Star Trek license in uh, 1992, and they started with Next Generation because it was on the air at the time, and so they they you know tapped into that market. Uh, 25th anniversary was a big deal with all the toys. I, mean, I got all those Next Generation toys. I had the whole crew. I had the I had the bridge. I had all that good stuff. So that was those were my childhood toys, right? That and Batman were like my big two toys because the Batman movies were big in the 90s as well. So th- those are my big toys. But finally, a couple years later. Uh, they finally released some original series action figures because you know this is they had had Next Generation they had Deep Space Nine and everybody was like hey where's the original series and I want to play with these guys but the because uh, you know I watch the movies all the time and I want you know you want to watch the movies you want to play with your toys that's what you do when you're a kid right absolutely so they released the entire original series cast in a uh, in a bridge set now by bridge set <laughs> it's uh, well, I, I, it's the picture I posted in the Babel conference. You guys can see it, but uh, it, had, it had all seven uh, of the uh, the original seven of the, of the original series crew, uh, and they were all they all came in this cardboard bridge set. And Kirk's chair was on there. That's pretty cool. But everything else, cool. everything else is just like there's a rail. It's all cardboard again, right? There's a rail. There's no chairs for anyone else. It was like. If anything, this wasn't really a playset bridge. It was more like a display set bridge. But, you know, I was a kid, so I played with it. So it's like, okay, Kirk's in his chair, and then, oh, I guess Sulu and Chekhov are going to just sit on the ground here, and then Spock and Uhura can just stand in the back. <laughs> so it just wasn't really the, the most thought-out playset. But that's not what it was meant to be. It was more just a way to release the entire crew together. And it was an interesting approach because usually with these, you know, like all the Next Generation action figures, they release them one at a time. Okay, I'm going to get Picard gonna get wharf mm-hmm. etc but this was like it was all or nothing like if you wanted spock or kirk you had to get the entire crew and of course look i wanted the entire crew that was great but this this had to be like a very special birthday present because it's like you can't just you know oh hey you made all a's this this period let's go get you a captain kirk action figure right? it's not not like that this is a big time purchase i mean obviously i was a kid i didn't buy it myself i don't know how much it was but you yeah. know for seven figures in a play in a quote-unquote play set pretty cool so yeah, I'm looking at a close-up of it now. It is it is pretty neat. I, I like the design of it. Even the uh, the picture on the Enterprise on the bottom looks uh, pretty modern. You know, it's kind of the way they the way they did that. But yeah, it's it's uh, that that is pretty cool. I um I, I I can tell you've had it for a while, but you've never opened this thing, huh? That is not a picture of my own. <laughs> That is, oh, I found that on yours? the internet. Oh, 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 oh. So do you still have all of these today? Oh, of course, of course. Okay, they're they're but not in, in the. They're in a container at uh, okay. my mom's house somewhere, so we need to. I need to track that down <laughs> and pull those out. But uh, but yes, yes, I still have all of these Star Trek toys. Nothing was thrown away. 
Do we uh, have? Do you have enough stuff? And combined with the things that I've been getting, because now now that I'm 50 years old, I'm getting presents from my kids that are Star Trek toys. So it's like a reverse childhood <laughs> that I'm going through. So you know, I'm starting to to collect. There, I'm collecting. They're just giving me these neat things. I, I'm I'm spending money on on bigger collectibles. You know, but uh, uh, that's. That's kind of a new thing for me, but at any rate, you know, do we have, do we have enough of these things now where we could have a, a standard orbit Star Trek convention and we'd have enough displays for all the toys? That's true. That, that's a good point. We should uh, have a booth. You know, of course, I don't. I don't want to sell these, Ken. They're, they're no, 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 no. Sentimental they're, they're value, dis- man. They're displays. They're displays. You know, we 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 find a place that uh, I guess sits somewhere between Boston and Houston, and uh, you know, we meet up there. And we we pull in our friends and say, hey. You know, let's let's talk Star Trek, but at the same time, we'd have all these nice displays going, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'd be That's kind true. of fun. My, mine are a little a uh, little battle worn from all my adventures with my toys over the years, but yeah, no, I, I think if we called our resources, Ken, we we could have quite an impressive display for sure. Zach, I'm battle worn. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, uh, you know, of course, over the course of the next generation line, they of course released uh, some some TOS figures because you know, obviously McCoy. Spock and Scotty all appeared on the Next Generation, so we have an Admiral McCoy from Encounter Farpoint. Uh, oh, that's ha- cool! Yeah, we had an Ambassador Spock from Unification, and we okay. had a Scotty from Relics, and they're all wearing, you know, the, the costumes from those episodes, right? It's not like some generic like, because you know, we were talking about the Star Trek Three, right? That's how far things have come since the mid '80s. Like, it's like, here, look, we have. Let's just paint the Spock character. Let's just paint his costume white, and that'll be Ambassador Spock. Like, no, no, this was truly the Ambassador Spock costume, McCoy, McCoy's in costume. And the cool thing about the Scotty figure from the Next Generation line was he's wearing, you know, his white undershirt and his and his vest, you know. But that's what yeah. he wears in Star Trek Five and Six. I'm like, oh, cool, this is a Scotty figure I can play with with the movies, right? Because that's you know, a, as cool as the original series crew set was, that's that's the TOS crew. You know, I mean, that's the TOS designs and the, and the crew. And, you know, I'm watching the movies, and that was my jam at the time. So I'm like, sure. they don't, I mean, they guess these will do, I guess. But they're, they're not quite the movies, which, you know, which leads me to, like, the next line. They actually had a, a classic films line, a uh, limited line, but uh, figures from the films nonetheless, from, from Playmates again. They call it the classic Star Trek movies line, right? And a lot of them were from uh, the motion picture, actually, believe it or not. They had an Admiral Kirk in his Admiral's uniform, which there is... There we go. You know, if you're going to do figures in the motion picture, that's one to do. You had that's a right. Commander Spock, and he was in his, his duty uniform. Um, the One Piece? Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. And so, <laughs> it's actually funny. It's a funny bit of trivia here, which I got from uh, Memory Alpha. It says, Litter Nimoy was dissatisfied with the collector's cards to be included with the figures and refused to allow his figure to go into production with one. As a result... This figure does not contain a collector's card because all playmates, what they would do is that you would have a little trading card that would come with the action figure, right? With that, with a picture of the character, but right. for whatever reason, Leonard Nimoy was dissatisfied. So that's why that explains why his <laughs> figure doesn't have one. So that's um, interesting. I would have thought that, that, you know, obviously Leonard Nimoy had lawsuits through most of the seventies mm-hmm. against Paramount for use of his likeness. Maybe he was just gun shy going forward, you know? Yeah, I mean, he was about all about controlling the Spock image, you know. Um, well, they exploited it, and a lot of people made a lot of money off it. And right. um, he got his payday just before the motion picture, right, mm-hmm. when they settled the lawsuit yeah. and they wanted him bad enough to <laughs> just write a check. You know, that's probably what the bulk of the uh, budget for the film was. It was his payoff, that's for true. all we know. <laughs> uh, so they also had, and we're going through, again, the, the motion picture line here, Leonard McCoy, you know, Dr. McCoy, right, from, from the motion picture. 
uh, is in this. Now, I, it's not Disco Bones, unfortunately. Oh, dang. I would pay for that. If, the, if these figures were made today, I'm sure there'd be like a, a head you could switch out. Have it, it comes with a medallion, you know. I mean, that, that'd be pretty cool. But hey, it's the '90s, right? They didn't they didn't know it wasn't quite nostalgic yet. It was like oh, the '70s, right? <laughs> so. But even even his uniform had the um, had the V-neck open collar. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. So that, at least these that carried over. Yeah, and I could probably go to uh, one of my girls' old Barbie sets and find the uh, the necklace to throw on. <laughs> exactly, very good. And then we had a couple more again from the motion picture. We had Sulu in his duty uniform and Uhura in her duty uniform. So it's like, wow, we have almost the entire crew from the motion picture in their motion picture costumes, which is which is crazy when you think about. We were talking about how much we love the Monster Maroons. There right. was never a complete set from Playmates, anyway. A complete set of the crew in their in their Star Trek two through six uniforms, and yet we have almost the whole crew in their motion picture uniforms. Which always, I didn't have. By the way, I didn't have any of these motion uh-huh. picture toys when I was a kid. Uh, right. The the only the, I had a couple of I had a couple of toys actually. I, I had yes, I had two from this line. That I had Khan. They had Khan from Star Trek two, so I had that one. Right. Uh, and then I had General Chang from Star Trek six. So those were the two that I had from from this classic uh, Trek toy line here and those were cool figures you know uh mm-hmm. it was cool to have a con because we never got an original series con see it's all these mix and match right and you're playing with these action figures you're like you use your imagination anyway so it's not that much of a stretch but it's like hey i got con over here i got kirk over here cool they did have krug again krug <laughs> krug had an action figure in the 80s he got an action figure here now i never got Krug because there was no point and i'll tell you why yes the facial sculpt was christopher lloyd's krug but the uh-huh. body itself was just uh, a, a repurposed wharf action figure because they had a Worf action figure from Redemption when he's in his Klingon uniform with his sash. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they had an action figure of that, which I had. And then mm-hmm. they just put Christopher Lloyd's head on it. And it's like, hey, look, guys. I know it has Worf's sash, but here you go. Uh, so whenever I would, quote, unquote, play Star Trek Three, I just use the Worf <laughs> action figure. You know? <laughs> uh, so there was that. And then they had Martia from Star Trek Six. Oh yeah, which yeah. is an interesting choice. I guess you know you want to have some, you know some more female characters in there. That's cool. No Ilea or Decker though. So oh, that's too bad. I mean, you had all these other people from the motion picture, but no Ilea or Decker. But they did yeah. have a Lieutenant Savick, and believe it or not, it was Christy Alley Savick again. So oh, it's too bad too. Yeah. <laughs> but I, well, not to say that I do like Christy Alley a lot, and I I, I, I think she was she was great at Savick. Uh, Robin Curtis though is is. She's uh, she's much more Vulcan. Let's put it that way. But anyway, I, I like them both. You know, Playmates had this license from 1992 to 1999, right? So they continue mm-hmm. to release Starship figures. Now, as we get into the later 90s here, you know, I'm getting a little older. I'm not into <laughs> the action figures quite as much. So moving forward here, I didn't have a lot of these figures. But as far as the original series go, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, these are all released now under the brand of Star Trek, right? Uh, okay. So they, they came out with a, a Christine Chapel. Okay. They came out with a Christopher Pike, uh, from obviously from The Cage. Uh, n- not the Menagerie one. <laughs> this, this is the Jeffrey Hunter one. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you needed to qualify that, but that's funny. But anyway, come on. <laughs> with, with rolling action. Um, and then they had uh, Yeoman Rand. They, had, they came out with a character for her. Now, this is one I actually did have. They, they had Captain Kirk in his, uh, in his alternate uniform, his green uniform, his wraparound. She was okay. so fond of wearing in season two, so this is actually when I did have that one. Uh, so that was cool, and he had a little bit, a little bit different hair too. So it was, it wasn't. I was actually impressed. It was, it was a very different looking figure. 
And then yeah. uh, Spock, they had Spock from the cage, Lieutenant Spock, Shouty Spock in his blue uniform. Shouty Spock, right? Um, and the, uh, you know, keeping on the cage theme, they had the Keeper, uh, the main Talosian, and then they had uh, Vina as the as the Orion girl. So uh, I, I don't think they ever had a proper like you know blonde Vina, <laughs> but, but the one they did release was was her as the as the Orion dancer there. So, uh, and then they also had a couple more, uh, talking about the pilots here. They released a Scotty and a Sulu for where no man has gone before. So, wow. They, they were really diving deep into it. You know, I never had those figures. I believe, um, I want to say that those were, uh, actually like exclusive limited edition figures. Cause obviously there's not a huge demand for that regardless. I didn't have them. So, <laughs> so Zach, do you know how well they sold? I mean, were they were they limited editions? Were they were they mass produced? And the reason well, I the, ask is... all the ones I'm talking about here, other than those where no man has gone before. I mean, these were mass produced, man. These are like on every shelf, every Toys R Us, Kmart, Walmart at the time, are Target. Really? Yeah, I mean, I remember it was so fun, like as a kid, and like because you think back when you're a kid, and and I think going, I remember going to Walmart. You know, you're, you're shorter, so I remember looking up, and there's this whole wall of Star Trek toys, and it was like, oh, this is amazing, you know. Uh, so yeah, these things are everywhere, man. Isn't that interesting? I mean, you know, it's it's funny because I was in Target last week. Um, I got we got up real early to to go Christmas shopping, and of course, nothing was open. That's how keyed in I am, and <laughs> I didn't use this this newfangled device they call the internet to go and check and see when the mall hours actually opened, and uh, so my wife and I got an early breakfast. We were like, we're going to attack. We're going to get all our Christmas stuff done, and then nothing's open, right, because <laughs> we get up early, <laughs> and uh, so I was walking around Target, because that opened at 8 o'clock, and, and walking through through the toy section, just out of curiosity and looking at all the action figures. I mean everything, Star Wars. Every, you know, there was there was nothing, right? I mean, I was like, "Come on, there's got to be some Trek. I need some Trek love." I mean, they had six foot, like uh, plastic stormtroopers and Darth <laughs> Vader's. I mean, Star Wars is everywhere, and and I know it's it's a big difference in popularity, but I was like, "Oh, come on, give give me give me something, right?" And and as I'm going through it, you know, there was a a, a family that came in. Um, they were they were all in their pajamas, and um, as I, as I tweeted out that day, I did my dutiful duty, walked up to them, and reminded them that they were not in Walmart, uh, and that they <laughs> they needed to change because we're in a Target. So um, Ken shops at Target. Target, yeah. <laughs> It's like, come on now, but yeah, that that's actually true. Anyway, um, uh, at any rate, yeah, I was I was really bumming because, you know, when when you talk about that that timeline, um, you know, that was when, uh, you know, I was having kids and and working and and Navy Reserve. It was a crazy time, and and it was really, uh, I enjoyed watching the shows and. Um, especially uh, even during drill weekends, we get off at night. And I remember um, you know, some of my friends, actually uh, Stephanie McCray Wilkerson, who's on the Babel conference now, uh, you know, that was like a big point. It was like a, a group of us was like, oh, you know, I, I still remember seeing Best of Both Worlds with, with Navy buddies. Hmm. Um, but we weren't, you know, I, I just wasn't keyed into what was going on in the in the toy world then. My, you know, my, my uh uh, my kids were still well at that point there was only one and he was he was still too little to even play with that stuff so it's interesting hearing all this and, and, and understanding just how i mean i knew star trek was in its heyday obviously in the 90s it was it was crazy but i didn't know how that um that was reflected in in the toy market and if all of these things were really really po- uh, popular or uh, it's interesting to hear they were mass produced and that a lot of people had them uh, it's just an, an area that uh, i was i was kind of oblivious to at the time 
as a kid though i was probably the only person i knew <laughs> that had all these toys i'm sure there were other people out there but uh you know being a nerd wasn't so in vogue back then as it is now it's like a trendy thing yeah man i'm a nerd yeah i watched the big bang theory yeah man you know, like <laughs> people people kind of like enjoy like you know being that part of their, their personality these days but back in the day you know it was still kind of like oh you like star trek oh well do you have any baseball cards you know <laughs> <laughs> and I did have baseball cards, but I'm just saying, like, these are the conversations you have when you're a kid. But, um, yeah, man, what a time to be alive as a Star Trek fan as a kid, right? Because, I mean, I was the target audience. And, and again, all credit to my parents for uh, keeping me well-stocked on these toys. So, you know, Generations came out in 94, right? Right. So we're jumping the timeline a little bit because some of those action figures came out later in the 90s. But uh, 1994 comes out, and there are some original series crew members in Generations, right? You, know, you remember Admiral James T. Kirk from Generations, right, Ken? Of course. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't know why, but he's mistakenly uh, in the packaging of Generations. He's he's called Admiral Kirk. But on the uh-huh. figure, he's, he's wearing his yeah. monster maroon, right? On the figure, he has the captain's insignia. And again, this okay. is the this is an older looking Kirk, so they change they changed the sculpt, so that was good. Although with all these generations toys, first of all, on all the Playmates toys, I think was it called seven points of articulation, something like that. I'm not, despite what it may be sounding like here, I'm not an action figure aficionado, even though. <laughs> right, right. But um, on all the Playmates toys we've talked about so far, they they all you know they, their head swivels, their torso swivels, their legs and arms swivel, and then they have knees and elbow joints as well. Right, so they're very poseable. With this generations line, for whatever reason, they change the sculpts where they take away the uh, the bendable joints on the elbows and, and knees. So it makes it kind of awkward when you're trying to like you know set them on the bridge, so to speak. Right? Sure. Uh, they don't quite fit in the chair and all that. So it just it was just so weird to me. I remember like, why are these toys different than the other <laughs> than the other ones? And they they just I don't know. I guess they save money. I, I'm sure if you calculated the plastic. You know, they probably save millions of dollars in plastic by not giving them these joints on the arms and the legs. But um, so we had... That's how, how they do things, yeah. Exactly. So we had Ad- Admiral James D. Kirk. Right. I have a fan theory on that, maybe. Oh, please continue. Yes, okay. So uh, the very, very common thing uh, in the Navy, especially post-World War II, or if there is some... Um, that captains did, you know, captains uh, that were involved in big campaigns or, or whatnot. When they retired them, they usually ceremoniously promoted them to um, to admiral, to rear admiral, two stars, um, and they received their pay at that. So uh, I, that that could have been something that they they did uh, with the federation because he was previously an admiral, and um, so he'd get a bigger retirement check. Right, mm-hmm. uh, if he was an admiral, and uh, but he would have been known as Captain Kirk. That's what he would have been famous for, like Captain John Paul Jones. Uh, he, when he left the the father of the American Navy, when he left and and became an admiral for hire, so to speak, of of the Russian fleet, he he truly passed away with the rank of admiral. But he's known as Captain John Paul Jones. Maybe it's something along those lines. No, All right, good. I'm done. That's some good Navy insight there, Ken. Although the problem is, in generations, he's wearing the captain's insignia, so. You got me there, and uh, I can't I can't play with that one. Other than maybe he put on the wrong uniform, uh, I, I don't know. Hey, Scotty was promoted to captain, and he still called himself commander a couple times. Captain of engineering, whatever that means. Uh, but yeah, so so cat, we do have Captain Montgomery Scott. He's in his uh, monster maroon with his uh, yellow uh, collar, and uh, uh, what do you, what do you, what do you call that thing? Shoulder strap. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about with the, the rank? <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess so. I, 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 yeah, it's, but, it's uh, a unique spot for it. But anyway, it works. Yeah, so so they actually they kept the color coordination, which is great. Kirk has white, 
Scotty Hitchello, yeah. and Chekhov. We have Commander Pavel Chekhov, who was in uh, Generations. Uh, he has his gray undershirt and his gray shoulder strap. So these three characters, plus Savick from that classic Trek line, uh, makes four. We have the four of them in their uh, Star Trek two through six uniforms, right? Okay. But but only this mishmash. We never got Spock or Bones or you know the other guys, right? They're they're I, I, they never made a flash. That's weird. They never made a flashback Sulu. They did. I, I'm not, I'm unaware of it. But uh, according to my huh. research and my personal experience, I don't recall that that you think that would be an easy tie-in, right? Because they made I mean they made Trials and Tribulations versions of like Cisco and Dax and you know. Uh, Bashir and O'Brien, I believe, as well. And they also made, obviously, we talked about how they made Scotty, Spock, and McCoy for Next Generation. I guess at that time, it had gotten so late. But still, that's 96. They had plenty of time to make a flashback Sulu. Come on, Playmates. Step your game up. But uh, we never got... Yeah, that's frustrating to me because I I love the Star Trek movies. Those ones I watch more than anything. Right. And I wanted the crew in those uniforms. But we never got them, at least when I was a kid. Yeah, that's too bad. Now, at the at the conventions where I you know, I've seen the the displays and I haven't spent a lot of time on the uh on the action figures. Uh is that something that you kind of peruse to to see if they've come out with or is this something you kind of follow online so you know what they've done and what they haven't? Well, I I kind of like exist in my 90s bubble when it comes to this stuff. I I love it for the nostalgia value and like the memories of like you know what I had when I was a kid, so I sure. don't really keep up with oh the new Art Asylum release of the Kirk with the three different heads and the you know blood stain. This, the, I mean, they literally have a blood stained Kirk from Star Trek Two, right? And in a recent. Oh, figure. okay. So, uh, so as time has gone on, they've they've gone they've they've, they've gone done more. so deep, okay. and it's crazy. I mean, you think you think all these figures is deep? Like they they have alternate heads, alternate hands, alternate accessories. Like it, it has gone. And that's the thing. I think it's lost some of its specialness, at least from my perspective, because some of the specialness of these, you know, action figures and stuff is you play with them when you're kids and they're nostalgic, and you you see them again. You're like, oh man, I remember those. Those 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 were the days. They remind you, like any great, you know, entertainment or media, right? The, the way it makes right. you feel now reminds you of how you felt in life back then, and you know that's that's the power of nostalgia. But mm-hmm. I just I have no interest in like look at this screen accurate. Star Trek Four Spock, complete with Vulcan robe and headband. Like I, that <laughs> doesn't interest me. You know, uh, at least you know, and, and hey, other people it does. They want their whole line. They have shelves of these toys, and hey, more power to you. I mean, I collect laser discs, so who am I to talk, right? <laughs> but <laughs> hey, we all have our thing. Yeah, and I, I, I get where you're going, right? And if if it doesn't appeal, it doesn't. But yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the area you grew up in, and you know, we see. Um, on Facebook with a lot of our friends out there that, that have quite the, um, uh, it's almost like a, a Star Trek room, right? Or a, a, a man cave that's inclusive of a lot of things, but then a whole section dedicated to Star Trek. And you'll see all the action figures. Or, you know, I, I think that um, our friend uh, Jeff, um, Mr. Atos there, I, yeah, I think he's got a storage unit uh, to hold all his Star Trek stuff, right? I think, you know, one day when... Uh, uh, when when he and, and his wife um, hit it big, you know, I think they're going to have uh, kind of like what we saw in, uh, what the heck was that movie, Fanboys? You know, when they go into that room uh, the, at Lucas Ranch. I, I think that's Jeff's goal. Um, <laughs> it, it'd be really cool to have. I mean, I'd love to have something like that. Well, so My storage I, unit is my mom's house right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, God bless my mom for keeping all my stuff. So, Yeah, one day... One day, right? You'll you'll have that special place. You'll you'll refit the uh, the basement or the upstairs, and it'll be your your Star Trek display. Well, if I stay in Texas, I will not have a basement, my friend. <laughs> they don't have any basements in Texas. No, 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 at least not not down here in Houston. 
maybe okay. maybe up in the panhandle but uh no we're, we're, we would flood and like nobody's business if we if we were basement because we're like you know at sea level so can't be digging down very far down here but uh, the, hmm. to kind of finish off the, the Generations line, as far as TOS goes, they had another Admiral James T. Kirk figure, and I had this okay. one. I had this entire line of Generations. Um, Admiral James T. Kirk in spacesuit. And you're thinking to yourself, spacesuit? When was Admiral Kirk? Well, Admiral Kirk. <laughs> when was Captain Kirk in a spacesuit in Generations? Well, he wasn't. It's from the deleted opening scenes. Uh, if you guys have the DVD or are familiar with behind the oh, scenes yeah. on Generations... Uh, it's when he does the skydive or the right. space dive or sky jump, whatever you want to call it. He does a space jump. He's, it's a pretty cool looking spacesuit. I'm sure they spent a lot of time designing this costume and you know thought it would be a big, a great opening to the film and all that. And obviously that's why the toy line had the had the production uh, art of it. And like, hey, this is going to be a big moment in the film. Definitely worth making a figure out of. You know, Cap- another alternate Captain Kirk costume. It's completely deleted from the film, right? And you wouldn't even know that it existed. I remember I got this as a kid. I was like, what is this? Because, you know, I'm a kid <laughs> in the 90s. It's like right. you have no I, – I didn't have that the issue of Starlog magazine that tells you all the behind-the-scenes about Star Trek Generations for the longest time. I thought I thought it was like one of those uh, – and, again, I mentioned that I was a big Batman uh, kid when I, in the 90s. So, so I don't know if you recall, but in the 90s, like, when the Batman movies come out, they would have so many versions of Batman. Right, they'd right. have Arctic Batman, Scuba Batman, Camouflage Batman. That, right, yeah. it's like this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Although I had a lot of those, but <laughs> the point is, the point is, <laughs> I thought this is just another one of those. Like, oh, spacesuit Captain Kirk. Right, like, okay, whatever, it's cool. So I got it for Christmas, you know. So I was like, uh, okay, that's neat. This I have a cool alternate Kirk here for any kind of situation. But yeah, it's from a deleted scene of Generation. So interesting how that works, right? And yeah. then, uh, it, and, and just because it ties into the, to what I just mentioned about the the deleted scenes. All of the next generation crew in this generation's uh-huh. line, they're all in the alternate uniforms they ended up not using in the film. So it's very interesting. Uh, if you guys aren't aware, Generations actually they had planned to change the uniforms in Star Trek Generations from the TNG, you know, collared uniforms that we all know and love, uh, mm-hmm. to kind of a hybrid between the Monster Maroons and those. They, there was like a a slip uh, across the front. They were going to have ranks on their arms as well as on their collars. It was going to be a lower collar. It's the, it's very interesting design, and uh, you can you can look up the production art on uh, online and see like what the original plans were for these costumes. And they, yeah. I believe they shot just one scene with it. It was when Jordy had been captured by Soren, and uh, you can barely see the costume. But for whatever reason, that they scrapped it. And there's there's I mean I don't know if there's a real official reason why, but they decided to scrap it, and that's why we got the weird mishmash of uh, the TNG and the DC-8 nine uniforms in Generations because they wanted to do something different, but they decided not to go with these new costumes. So they just decided, okay, well, let's let's mix it up a little bit. And that's why you have Riker running around in Avery Brooks's uniform, which is too small, which is why the sleeves are rolled up, and why you have Jordy looking like he's in a, an ill-fitting Deep Space Nine uniform because, you know, uh, Cole Meany has longer arms. <laughs> so it's just... When is you that know, right? Is, yeah. that, is that all true? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Jonathan Frakes is wearing Avery Brooks's uh, Cisco uniform, and uh, LeVar Burton is wearing Cole Meany's uh, O'Brien uniform. So, and, wow. and the only, I, I the, only the only uniforms they made specifically were for Picard and Data. Because as we all know, the TNG movies are the Picard and Data show. <laughs> So they got they got their own generations uniforms, but the other ones are all just hand me downs. That's why you never saw, you know, ironically you never saw Worf in one, for example. But you know he gets his own when he goes to Deep Space Nine. But anyway, uh, all that to say, Playmates had the original production art, and they move forward with their toy line. And those things they 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 go into production so far in advance because they need to be ready. You need to be ready before the movie comes out so people can buy them and be excited. 
So you have all these toys, this entire line of toys of the Next Generation crew, never even wore the uniform. It's such an interesting oddity as far as Star Trek collectors go. And I, I have them all. I used to play, like, when I used to play with the toys, they'd be, like, the alternate universe, you know? <laughs> you know, I had the, the TNG crew proper in those toys. But anyway. <laughs> now, is that is all that stuff at your mom's house, too? Oh, yeah. It's all there, man. It's all there in a container. Because okay, that'd be something I'd love to see a picture of. I will, uh, I well, they're, they're all online. Thank, okay. thank you. Thank, thank, thankfully, the internet has them all easy access. But, uh, but yeah, I, all this, man, all this discussion, I'm, you know, obviously I'll, <laughs> I'll be back over there for the holidays. I need to go through the garage and see if I can find that container. But, uh, so that's the Star Trek Generations line. Interesting stuff. Um, a few other last things about Playmates here. They had they had different accessories, right? They had uh, an Enterprise uh, 1701 original series. I had that as mm-hmm. well. That stood on my dresser for several years. Uh, I had I had a Type 2 phaser. I had the communicator, of course. I didn't have the tricorder. I never bought the tricorder. It just didn't really seem like... Because a phaser is like a cool like, gun. You run around with it. The, the, the communicator is like a cell phone kind of thing. You know, before cell phones, kids. Crazy that I was 10 I didn't have a cell phone. It blows my mind when, I, when I'm like in public and I see some six-year-old with a cell phone, like an iPhone. I'm like, you kidding me? I had a prepaid cell phone when I was a junior in high school. <laughs> you know, that's the first thing I had. It's 10-year-old kid is playing Candy Crush on his iPhone at the mall. But anyway. <laughs> I have no comment on it. Yeah. <laughs> There's whippersnappers. Um, <laughs> I but- had a dime. <laughs> I had a dime to make a call if I needed to in an emergency. That's it. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, but yeah, the, the communicator and the phaser were cool props, right? The tricorder, I mean, I guess it would have been cool uh, if I had had it. I didn't, so I have no nostalgic attachment to it. Um, mm-hmm. But that's that as far as you know, the original series stuff goes. They did release a Galileo shuttlecraft, which I never had. I had the TNG shuttlecraft, but I didn't have the Galileo shuttlecraft. I, I guess my parents figured, look, you have one shuttle. You don't need a second one. I even had the I even had the runabout from D Space Nine, so that would have been overkill to have a third one. <laughs> but uh, uh, the interesting thing about the the Galileo is it came with a Kirk from where no man has gone before. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, because obviously they had not even built the shuttle then. That's a big thing about the Enemy Within. There was no shuttle built yet, that's why there was a big thing with the transporter and all that. But we have Pilot Era Kirk in the Galileo shuttle, which is kind of a juxtaposition. But that's the only way you could get that Kirk action figure. So I, I never had it. But he go he would go along with obviously the scotty and the sulu and then of course if you wanted to really mix and match you know, to get you know the cage era spock and all that so anyway those that's the tos playmate stuff and i loved all that stuff man i play with those toys to death and they they're a little worse for wear but you know i had fun with them that's what that's what's cool i mean we joke about don't take it out of the package the collectible value but hey <laughs> you know finally uh just to kind of wrap things up here with playmates playmates did get license again to, to do toys for star trek 09 Okay. Uh, when it came out and you, you know ken you were asking me about how, how you know how well did these toys do you know did they were they successful were they not well unfortunately the uh, the star trek 09 wave did not do too well and they had planned multiple waves of these action oh. figures it was canceled mm-hmm. after the first wave so there were several figures they planned um yeah. which were canceled and did not uh did not come to fruition and, and the biggest problem with this honestly it's like it would be it would be disappointing enough not to have these uh these toys but yeah uh, the way that the Star Trek 09 toy line was was conceived was every character would have a piece of a bridge playset, and when you got all the characters, you could you could put all these pieces together, and then create the bridge from Star Trek 09. Okay, okay. So, I mean, so that's that's really cool, you know. I mean, that's uh, that's a that's a really neat idea, but unfortunately, when you cancel the second wave, 
you don't get all those figures. So uh, some of the some of the second wave figures that were canceled were uh, McCoy in his standard uniform, Chekhov in his standard uniform, Kirk in his cadet uniform. He had another <laughs> another skydiving Kirk <laughs> got canceled as well. <laughs> this this one actually made it Kirk. into the. <laughs> he can, just cannot catch a break when you skydive, Captain Kirk. Action figure. <laughs> um, Kirk in an off-duty uniform. Uh, Spock in his academy instructor uniform. Sulu in his skydiving uniform. Uh, General Al, who I believe, uh, who I believe was, yeah, I guess that was his, was that the name of his number two, the number two guy that's choking Kirk, like you're pathetic. Uh, was he a general? I just never heard that. Uh, I, I guess not. Uh, Sarek, Kiesner, and then uh, a character named Dracolius, who I have no idea who that is. Perhaps a perhaps an alien from Uripente, perhaps a member of the Narada crew, but uh, unfortunately, those were all canceled. So. Okay. We, we did not we did not get those figures and we did not get the pieces that you needed to complete the bridge. There are people online who have like done the math or, or whatever, right? Done the calculations where you can put together the existing pieces of the bridge that came with the figures that were released, and you can still kind of construct a bridge from that. So it's interesting. I I don't have a link or anything for you guys, unfortunately. I just remember seeing that online. I thought that was a cool idea. How you know, Star Trek fans, right? Leave it to us to come up with come up with this stuff, but they they figured out a way. Where, well, if you if you put these pieces together this way, you can at least have the the shell of a bridge, so that's cool. Um, and then you know to tie it back into into the '90s Playmates toys from my youth, I was complaining about the cardboard bridge. I mean, I'm complaining about it now. At the time, I was like, oh, cool, a bridge. But yeah, it's pretty lame when you look back at it. They had actually planned an original series bridge, much in the same way they had an Enterprise D bridge, which was like the coolest thing ever, by the way, which I had when I was a kid. I was so excited to get that one. <laughs> but bet, th- yeah. they had the complete self-contained. It had walls and all that. It was so cool. It had buttons and lights and all the chairs and oh, so cool. But they had planned to do that for the original series, but they just, they didn't. I don't know why. Maybe they ran the numbers and it wasn't quite, wasn't quite working out uh, the way they thought, but that was canceled. I would have, I would have loved to have that when I was a kid as well. But it's, you know, as you can tell, guys, I had a pretty good childhood when it comes to these toys, so it's fine. I, I was fine. <laughs> I was fine without it. So don't cry for me. But yeah, man, that's that's the rundown as far as as far as these go. I mean, they released other figures along the way. They had they had some twin packs like uh, Playmates in the '90s. They had Kirk, Spock, a Mock Time two pack. They had a um, Kirk and Spock uh, spacesuit from the Tholian Web two pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a Harry Mud. They had a, a Baylock uh, two pack, you know, with like you know the Clint Howard Baylock and then the Alien Baylock. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know uh, they had the Gorn and the Mugatu, of course. Can't not have those guys, and they're the most iconic uh, Star Trek aliens. And then uh, you know, and they also had uh, <laughs> one of the most ridiculous ones. I never had this guy, but they had an Andorian, right? And you think, oh, cool, the Andorian with like the blue shield from Journey to Babel. No. Not that Andorian. They had the Andorian from Whom Gods Destroy with, like, the pink, like, boa. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he, he comes with the, the giant pink boa. You're like, what is this? Like, <laughs> it's just such an odd, such an odd action figure choice. But um, that is the rundown, my friends. Now, I, obviously, they have gone Art Asylum and several other companies have gone on to make uh, these these extremely detailed, screen-accurate, you know, two-scale figures and and that's all well and good, you know, and, and, and the people that collect those, like, I understand why. We all have our things. As you said, Ken, we all have the things that we love and gravitate towards. But uh, those things just aren't for me, you know. For, as far as toys go, I'm more about the nostalgic. Like, oh, man, look at this. Look at this wildly inaccurate action figure that I loved when I was a kid. <laughs> I love it. You know, that, yeah. that's the kind of stuff that, that gets me excited. So, Well, you know, I think, too, there's, there's, there's a change in perception and so forth when you're a kid. And the idea of being able to use your imagination better 
um, to fill in those gaps, you, you don't you don't care as much. And, and so it's a much different view from a child than it is an adult who's looking to capture stuff. And of course, we're always looking for the for the things that make it more authentic or, or the flaws even to, to make it more uh, controversial or conversational, depending on your view. Mm-hmm. So I, I, know, I, I get exactly where you're going. I, I always thought it was um, it was fun uh, to to kind of play and, and to change things up or. You know, you were talking before about the Batmans and all the different types of Batmans. I do remember that stuff for <laughs> for my kids, and um, you know, my my middle son Code is a is a big uh, superheroes uh, you know uh, fan, uh, e- even to this day, and has a lot of things that he collects. and And I remember that used to be the thing. Okay, you know, you, you know, find 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 the mismatch ones. Um, it, was, it was kind of fun. Uh, and, and if we look to uh, on, on the Babel conference post that, that was put up uh, as you were advertising the recording of the show, Marsha Pratt has some really cool uh, shots of um, the uh, Shran, the, um, the, the Andorian. <laughs> From Enterprise, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which, which is kind of neat, right? And a lot of that stuff could be reflective back. A, a to, much better Andorian than what the Playmates gave us in the 90s, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You can see the quality and kind of hugging the owl there and i would encourage all of you uh you know robert nathaniel i mean all, all these folks out there that that are that are kind of posting in there nicholas as well uh amy if you've got pictures of this stuff posted to me this is all fascinating and uh just like Marsha's kind of uh christmas star trek with andorians and owls and <laughs> it's just kind of <laughs> neat uh love this stuff so yeah, post it show us what you have what you collected i i, I think the uh the picture that you posted kind of kicks it all off, Zach. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of neat to me, and and you know, this is the right time of year to be doing that. So, uh, whether it's this thread or a brand new one that we'll put up as we as we get closer to the launch date of this um, this this podcast, uh, share these things. I love looking at them. I really do, and I love seeing the displays that people that people put up, especially around the holidays. You know, uh, it's it's all in good fun, and uh, it's it, to me, it's like, hey, I I don't have any of these things, so hey, show me what you got. Maybe I'll start I'll start building up my old collection. I don't know. It's a slippery slope, Ken. I don't know if you want to go down that road. <laughs> well, I've already have in certain ways, uh, and and there's there's not, there's not much I would try to do to. Uh, uh, to change it, I, I just think that uh, you know the the recordables, I'm, uh, the the collectibles, excuse me, the recordables. Oh my God, I'm talking about an injury rate at work. See how much work gets into my head. Uh, collectibles, uh, you know, kind of, um, you know, I, I've got a couple of really cool things lately from a friend of mine that has uh, some contacts in in Hollywood. <coughs> yeah, that's right. Um, where I, you know, I've got the um, uh, Star Trek Four album signed by the cast. Uh, that was really neat, you know. I'm sure Brendan would be very jealous, and I like making <laughs> Brendan jealous. And I've got a, um, a, a, a autographed of uh, of all the Star Trek Beyond cast members, all of them, um, which is you know kind of sad. Now, look, I'm looking at my office over at Anton's picture, and it's just like, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's it's really neat. Those are the things that I enjoy that I'm putting up now. So I'm, I guess I'm having a. Uh, my childhood all over again, um, but I'm sp- I'm spending money I, 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 on, on these things. <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous. Anyway, it's my thing. So yeah, hey, this was a this was a great conversation. Very interesting and entertaining for me because uh, I'm I'm reliving everything you're saying through through your eyes through your childhood. Um, what I would have loved to have had had I had been younger, went discovering Star Trek at, at a different point in, in time um, when I was a kid. Yeah, and I'm sure that as extensive <laughs> as the amount of uh, toys that I talk about here, I'm sure I missed some because I didn't own them all. You know, believe it or not, <laughs> I didn't own them all. I know there were some 
Like, they had Sydney on the edge of forever, Kirk and Spock, with, like, Edith Keeler, and they had Trelane, and they had Kang, and they had all these, you know, random one-offs that I never had. Uh, but, you know, it, it gets to a certain point where it's like, okay, I think I have enough I have enough versions of Kirk and Spock, okay? I'm, I am going to use my imagination uh, as it goes. But, yeah, guys, if like Ken was saying, please share your collections as well. Just, you know, either if you have pictures or just tell us about them because it's always fun to, like, oh, man, you had that too? Oh, that's great. You know, you just, it, there's just something about that. That's, that's the thing of Star Trek fandom, you know, that, that connects us all <laughs> and, this, and this nexus, Ken, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> hey, that's coming. It's coming. <laughs> we're oh, gonna boy. Have, we're going to have that. We're going to be dealing with that pretty soon. It's going to be fun. going to be fun. Well, we'll see what uh, Santa brings us this year, Ken. But uh, <laughs> talking about Star Trek toys isn't the only thing that's going on on Trek FM this week. Here's a quick look at some other things you might have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.FM. To the journey! Yeah, that's that's what happened to the Equinox crew, actually. You know, we, we never did find out what happened to them, but in my head canon, they're actually in little hamster wheels down in engineering making the ship go faster. <laughs> faster, <laughs> Mr. Lessing, faster! <laughs> Melodic tracks. Now both of those tracks make me think of Indiana Jones. Yeah, I, I definitely think you, you're you're kind of right there. Um, I'm not ashamed to admit that I have only ever seen the fourth Indiana Jones movie. Dear Lord. Meta tracks. And that's that's the world of language that we live in. It's not this this purely referential sense of language. Like when Riker says a minuet, he doesn't just mean, oh yeah, that thing minuet that I can point to, whatever that is on the holodeck, right? A 17th century French dance. Maybe maybe he wants to dance. <laughs> Riker wants to bust a move. Saturday morning trek. When she did the psychic girl. Yes. Like that one where I was just like, really, Nichelle? Yeah. Like that that is the direction that you want to go, like. Putting a a device in the warp control room. Oh no! Like I was just oh man, but you could tell it was in a shell, and I was I was I was laughing so hard at that. It was so much fun. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So you can find us on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and of course you can always stream or download the MP3 file from our website at trek.fm and grab the RSS link as well. If you're an Apple user, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. That makes it easier for other listeners to find the show as they search iTunes and helps us increase our visibility for new listeners. If you'd like to get in touch with us here at trek.fm, you can always find us on trek.fm contact and look in the sidebar on the show page or you can go to speakpipe.com slash trekfm and please leave us a voice message. You can also contact us through Twitter at trekfm, facebook.com slash trekfm, and the Babel Conference. Type the Babel Conference, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, or go to our website at trek.fm and click discussion on the menu bar. So let me talk to you for a second about Patreon, Zach. Patreon is the program that Trek FM employs in order to get donations to keep the network coming to you commercial-free. It is wonderful. Most of the hosts here on Trek FM are big contributors to Patreon and found our way onto the network through Patreon. So if you can uh, spare any money, uh, and we don't care what the denomination is, it really means a lot to us because there is a lot of content that we're putting up there, a lot of bandwidth, a lot of programming, a lot of equipment that we need. So please, if you can help us out, we'd appreciate it. And all you have to do is go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Trek FM, 
and you can you can click any donation you want and we do have some incentives for you so for $15 a month, you get to join the Patrons Roundtable where you podcast and, and, you know, again, that is where a lot of us started. It was on the Roundtable. I was on the very first one. I had a blast. And if you can contribute $25 or more per month, then you get associate producer credits for whatever show you like. And we love our associate producers. So please 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 if you if you have the ability it is more than appreciated and speaking of our associate producers we'd like to thank renee roberts richard rutledge and aaron harvey thank you so much always for your support for both standard orbit and the trek fm network you can find renee on twitter at mres underscore 1701 you can find richard at rut8972 and you can find our buddy aaron harvey at geekfilter so if you're looking for me on the network, you can you can find me on the Babel Conference. I'm always on there, uh, pre-post shows, talking different subjects with all our listeners. And you can also find me on Twitter, at Boston SCPO. That means Boston Senior Chief Petty Officer. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at MoronZach. That's M-O-O-R-E-O-N-Z-A-C-H. And I'm also the host of my own podcast called Always Hold On to Smallville, where we talk about each and every episode of that young Superman show from the early 2000s, and we're on Twitter at AlwaysMallville with one S. And also, I'm around the Babel Conference as well. It's always great to talk to you guys on there, making conversation about our shows, other shows, general Star Trek topics, anything, really. Love to talk to you guys on there. So thanks for listening, everyone, and join us again next time here on Trek.fm for another episode of Standard Orbit.